0: chapter two part two of the life of washington volume five by john marshall this librivox recording is in the public domain debate thereon on the thirteenth of january they were taken into consideration when the debate was opened by mr smith of south carolina after noticing the importance of the subject to the best interests of the united states he observed that being purely commercial in its nature He would exclude from the view he should take of it those political considerations which some might think connected with it he imagined it would be right to dismiss for the present all questions respecting the indians algerines and western posts there would be a time for these questions and then he should give his opinion upon them with firmness and according to what he conceived to be the true interests of his country the regulation of commerce gave of itself sufficient scope for argument without mixing it with extraneous matter after some general observations on the delicacy of the crisis and on the claims of the resolutions to dispassionate investigation he proceeded to consider the report on which they were founded the great object of that report being to establish a contrast between france and britain he would request the attention of the committee to an accurate statement of facts which being compared with the report would enable them to decide on the justness of its inferences in the opinion that any late relaxations of the french republic were produced by interests too momentary and fluctuating to be taken as the basis of calculations for a permanent system he should present a comparative view of the commerce of the united states to those countries as it stood anterior to the revolution of france for this purpose he produced a table which had been formed by a person whose commercial information was highly respectable from which he said it would appear notwithstanding the plaudits so generally bestowed on the justice and liberality of the one nation and the reproaches uttered against the other that with the exception of the trifling article of fish oil the commerce of the united states was not more favored in france than in great britain and was in many important articles more favored by the latter power than that of other nations mr smith then reviewed in detail the advantages and disadvantages attending the sale of the great products of america in the ports of each nation which he conceived were more encouraged by the british than by the french market a comparative statement he added of the value of the exports of the two countries would assist in confirming this opinion the value of the exports to great britain at the close of the year ending with september 1789 was nearly double those made to france in the same period and even the average of the years seventeen ninety seventeen ninety one and 1792 gave an annual excess to the exports to great britain of three millions seven hundred and fifty two thousand seven hundred and sixty dollars the great amount of merchandise imported from britain instead of being a grievance demonstrated in the opinion of mr smith the utility of the trade with that country for the extent of the intercourse between the two nations several obvious reasons might be assigned britain was the first manufacturing country in the world and was more able than any other to supply an assortment of those articles which were required in the united states she entitled herself too to the preference which was given her by the extensive credit she afforded to a young country wanting capital credit was of immense advantage it enabled them to flourish by the aid of foreign capital the use of which had more than any other circumstance nourished the industry of america by the advocates for forcing a trade with france it was asserted that she could supply the wants of america on better terms than great britain to do this she must not only sell cheaper but give credit which it was known her merchants either could not or would not give the very necessity of laying a duty on british manufactures in order to find a sale for those of other countries was a proof that the first could be purchased on better terms or were better adapted to the market if the object of the resolutions were the encouragement of domestic manufactures there might be some semblance of argument in their favour but this is not contemplated their avowed object is to turn the course of trade from one nation to another by means which would subject the citizens of the united states to great inconvenience mr smith next proceeded to consider the subject with a view to navigation the trade of the united states to great britain for the transportation of their own produce was as free in america as in british bottoms a few trifling port charges excepted in france they enjoyed the advantages granted to the most favored nation thus far the comparison was in favor of great britain in the west indies he admitted the existence of a different state of things all american bottoms were excluded from the british islands with the exception of turk's island in the french islands vessels under sixty tons were admitted but this advantage was common to all other nations The effect of the difference in the regulations of the two rival nations in respect of navigation was not so considerable as the secretary of state had supposed he had stated the tonnage employed in the intercourse with france and her colonies at one hundred and sixteen thousand four hundred and ten tons and that employed in the commerce with great britain at forty three thousand five hundred and eighty tons the secretary was led into this miscalculation by taking for his guide the actual entries of american bottoms from the dominions of each country in the year as four voyages are made to the west indies while only two are made to europe the vessels employed in the former traffic will be counted four times in the year and those employed in the latter will be counted only twice in the same period the deceptiveness of the calculations made from these data had induced a call on the secretary of the treasury for an account of the actual tonnage employed in trade with foreign nations for one year. This account shows that France employs 82,510 tons, and Great Britain 66,582 tons of American shipping, leaving in favor of France in excess of 15,928 instead of 72,830 tons, as reported by the Secretary of State from this comparative view taken of the regulations of the two nations mr smith conceived himself justified in saying that the commercial system of great britain towards the united states far from being hostile was friendly and that she made many discriminations in their favour france on the contrary placed them on a better situation than a rival only in one solitary instance the unimportant article of fish oil if this be a true picture of the existing state of things and he could not perceive in what it was defective was it not time he asked that the deceptions practised on the people by the eulogists of france and the revilers of great britain should be removed the resolutions were supported by mr madison mr findlay mr nicholas mr clark mr smiley mr moore and mr giles they admitted this subject before the committee to be of a commercial nature but conceived it to be impracticable to do justice to the interests of the united states without some allusions to politics the question was in some measure general they were to inquire how far it was the interest of this country by commercial regulations to vary the state of commerce now existing they were of opinion that most of the injuries proceeding from great britain were inflicted for the promotion of her commercial objects and were to be remedied by commercial resistance the indian war and the algerine attack originated both in commercial views or great britain must stand without excuse for instigating the most horrid cruelties the propositions before the committee were the strongest weapon america possessed and would more probably than any other restore her to all her political and commercial rights they professed themselves the friends of free trade and declared the opinion that it would be to the general advantage if all commerce was free but this rule was not without its exceptions the navigation act of great britain was a proof of the effect of one exception on the prosperity of national commerce the effect produced by that act was equally rapid and extensive there is another exception to the advantages of a free trade where the situation of a country is such with respect to another that by duties on the commodities of that other it shall not only invigorate its own means of rivalship but draw from that other the hands employed in the production of those commodities when such an effect can be produced it is so much clear gain and is consistent with the general theory of national rights the effect of leaving commerce to regulate itself is to submit it to the regulation of other nations if the united states had a commercial intercourse with one nation only and should permit a free trade while that nation proceeded on a monopolizing system would not the carrying trade be transferred to that nation and with it the maritime strength it confers be heaped upon a rival? then in the same proportion to the freedom granted to the vessels of other nations in the united states and to the burdens other nations impose on american vessels will be the transfer of those maritime resources the propositions before the committee should be examined as they concern navigation manufactures and the just principles of discrimination that ought to prevail in their policy to nations having treaties with them with respect to navigation it was conceded that they were not placed upon the same footing by the two nations with whom they had the greatest commercial intercourse british vessels could bring the produce of all countries into any port of the united states while american vessels could carry to the ports of britain only their own commodities and those only to a part of her dominions from her ports in the west indies they were entirely excluded to exhibit at a glance the effect of the british navigation act it was sufficient to compare the quantity of american and british tonnage employed in their intercourse with each other the former in seventeen ninety amounted to forty three thousand tons and the latter to two hundred and forty thousand tons the effect of british policy would be further shown by showing the proportion of domestic tonnage employed at the same time in the intercourse with other european nations with spain the american was to the spanish as five to one with portugal six to one netherlands fifteen to one denmark twelve to one france five to one great britain one to five this ratio had by particular circumstances been somewhat changed from calculations founded on the documents last introduced into the house it appeared that at present the proportion of american to foreign tonnage employed in the american trade was with spain as sixteen to one portugal seventeen to one netherlands twenty six to one denmark fifteen to one russia fourteen to one france between four and five to one and great britain one to three the situation of american commerce was the more mortifying than the nature and amount of their exports came to be considered they were not only necessaries of life or necessaries for manufactures and therefore of life to the manufacturer but their bulkiness gave them an advantage over the exports of every other country if america to increase her maritime strength should secure to herself the transportation of her own commodities leaving to other nations the transportation of theirs it would greatly augment the proportion of her shipping and of her sailors in relation to manufactures the regulations existing between the united states and great britain were not more equal one of the mo- out of the whole amount of manufactured articles imported into this country which was stated around numbers at fifteen millions two hundred and ninety thousand dollars great britain furnished thirteen millions nine hundred and sixty thousand in the same period in the year seventeen eighty nine to ninety the articles which the united states received from france a country which actually consumed more of their produce amounted only to one hundred and fifty five thousand dollars the balance of trade at the same epoch was greatly in favour of the united states with every other nation and greatly against them with britain although it might happen in some cases that other advantages might be derived from an intercourse with a particular nation which might compensate for an unfavourable balance of trade it was impossible that this could happen in the intercourse with great britain other nations however viewed a balance of trade against them as a real evil and great britain in particular was careful to prevent it what then must be the feelings of a nation between whom and the united states the most friendly relations existed when she saw not only the balance of trade against her but that what was thus obtained from her flowed in the same manner into the coffers of one of her most jealous rivals and inveterate enemies the propriety of discriminating between nations having treaties with the united states and those having none was admitted in some states before the establishment of the present government and was sanctioned by that house during their sittings in new york it was the practice of nations to make such a discrimination it was necessary to give value to treaties the disadvantages of depending on a single nation for articles of necessary consumption was strongly pressed and it was added as an evil of most serious magnitude more truly alarming than any other of its features that this commercial dependence produced an influence in their councils which enabled it the more inconvenient it became by its constant growth to throw the more obstacles in the way of a necessary remedy they entertained no apprehensions of injurious consequences from adopting the proposed resolutions the interests of great britain would not suffer her to retaliate and the intercourse between the two countries would not be interrupted further than was required by the convenience and the interests of the united states but if great britain should retaliate the effects of a commercial conflict would be felt by her much more sensibly than by the united states its effects would be felt in the shipping business by the merchants and above all by the manufacturer calculations were offered by comparing the total amount of british exports with those to the united states to prove that three hundred thousand british manufacturers would be suddenly thrown out of employment by withdrawing the trade carried on between america and that country in the complication of distress to which such a measure would reduce them they would consider the united states as a natural asylum from wretchedness but whether they remained in discontent at home or sought their fortune abroad the evil would be considered and felt by the british government as equally great and they would surely beware of taking any step that might provoke it on the advantages of america in such a contest with a populous and manufacturing country they dwelt with peculiar earnestness she produced all the necessaries of life within herself and could dispense with the articles received from others but great britain not producing them in sufficient abundance was dependent on the united states for the supply of her most essential wants again the manufacture of that country was dependent on this for the sale of his merchandise which was to purchase his bread thus was produced a double dependence of great britain on the united states she was also dependent on them for the raw materials which formed the basis of her manufactures her west indies were almost completely dependent this country furnished the best market for their productions and was almost the only one which could supply them with the necessaries of life the regulation excluding the provisions of other foreign countries was entitled to no consideration it was of ancient date and had remained untouched because there was no other foreign country by which provisions could be supplied that the commercial regulations of great britain Whereas as favorable to the united states as to other nations ought not to satisfy america if other nations were willing to bear impositions or were unable to retaliate their examples were not worthy of imitation america was in a condition to insist and ought to insist on perfect commercial equality it was denied that any real advantage was derived from the extensive credit given by the merchants of great britain on the contrary the use made of british capital was pronounced a great political evil it increased the unfavourable balance of trade discouraged domestic manufactures and promoted luxury but its greatest mischief was that it favoured a system of british influence which was dangerous to their political security as the debate advanced the expressions of exasperation against britain became stronger and occasionally allusions were made to those party questions which had long agitated the public mind with a bitterness which marked their intimate connection with the conduct of the united states to foreign countries it was said to be proper in deciding the question under debate to take into view political as well as commercial considerations ill-will and jealousy had at all times been the predominant features of the conduct of england to the united states that government had grossly violated the treaty of peace had declined a commercial treaty had instigated the indians to raise the tomahawk and scalping-knife against american citizens had let loose the algerines upon their unprotected commerce and had insulted their flag and pillaged their trade in every quarter of the world these facts being notorious it was astonishing to hear gentlemen ask how had britain injured their commerce the conduct of france on the contrary had been warm and friendly that nation respected american rights and had offered to enter into commercial arrangements on the liberal basis of perfect reciprocity the period which mr smith had taken as that at which the systems of the two nations should be compared with each other was reprobated with peculiar severity it was insinuated to proceed from a wish that the united states should directly countenance the restoration of despotism and much regret was expressed that a distrust of the permanency of the french revolution should be avowed it was hoped and believed that the present was the settled state of things and that the old order of things was unsettled for ever that the french revolution was as much more permanent than had been the french despotism as was the great fabric of nature than the petty plastic productions of art to exclude the period since the revolution would be to exclude some of the strongest evidences of the friendship of one nation and the enmity of the other the animadversions which had been made on the report of the secretary of state were retorted with acrimony it was declared that he would not suffer by comparison in point of intelligence accuracy and patriotism either with the laborious compiler of the table produced by mr smith or with the gentleman who had been judiciously selected for its interpreter some explanations were given of the inaccuracies which had been alleged and the facts omitted were declared to be immaterial circumstances which if inserted would have swelled the report without adding to the information it communicated in reply to the argument which stated that great britain did not in common years raise a sufficient quantity of grain for her own consumption and would consequently afford an increasing market for american wheat and flour it was remarked that this not only established the all-important position of the dependence of that country on this but suggested a very interesting reflection it was that the continual increase of debt and paper machinery will not produce a correspondent increase of ability in the nation to feed itself that an infinity of paper will not produce an infinity of food in contrasting the ability of the two nations to support a commercial conflict it was said great britain tottering under the weight of a king a court a nobility a priesthood armies navies debts and all the complicated machinery of oppression which serves to increase the number of unproductive and lessen the number of productive hands at this moment engaged in a foreign war taxation already carried to the ultimatum of financial device the ability of the people already displayed in the payment of taxes constituting a political phenomenon all proved the debility of the system and the decrepitude of old age on the other hand the united states in the flower of youth increasing in hands increasing in wealth and although an imitative policy had unfortunately prevailed in the erection of a funded debt in the establishment of an army the anticipation of a navy and all the paper machinery for increasing the number of unproductive and lessening the number of productive hands yet the operation of natural causes has as yet in some degree countervailed their influence and still furnish a great superiority in comparison with great britain an attempt was made to liken the present situation of america to that in which she stood at the commencement of her revolutionary war and the arguments drawn from the inconvenience to which a privation of british manufactures would expose the people at large were answered by observing this was not the language of america at the time of the non-importation association this was not her language at the time of the declaration of independence whence then this change of american sentiment has america less ability than she then had is she less prepared for a national trial than she then was this cannot be pretended there is it is true one great change in her political situation america has now a funded debt she had no funded debt at those glorious epochs may not this change of sentiment therefore be looked for in her change of situation in this respect may it not be looked for in the imitative sympathetic organization of our funds with the british funds may it not be looked for in the indiscriminate participation of citizens and foreigners in the emoluments of the funds may it not be looked for in the wishes of some to assimilate the government of the united states to that of great britain or at least in wishes for a more intimate connection if these causes exist it is not difficult to find the source of the national debility it is not difficult to see that the interests of the few who receive and disperse the public contributions are more respected than the interest of the great majority of the society who furnish the contributions it is not difficult to see that the government instead of legislating for a few millions is legislating for a few thousands and that the sacredness of their rights is the great obstacle to a great national exertion in addition to mr Smith of South Carolina the resolutions were opposed by mr Smith of Maryland mr Goodhue mr lee mr dexter mr ames mr dayton mr hartley mr trace mr hillhouse mr forrest mr fitzsimmons and mr foster if it was said the united states had sustained political wrongs from great britain they should feel as keenly as any persons for the prostrated honour of their country but this was not the motive redressing them when that subject should be brought before congress they would not be slow in taking such measures as the actual state of things might require but they did not approve of retaliating injuries under the cloak of commercial regulations independent of other objections it would derogate from the dignity of the american character the resolutions it was said ought to be contemplated commercially and the influence they would probably have on the united states deliberately weighed if they were adopted it ought to be because they would promote the interests of america not because they would benefit one foreign nation and injure another it was an old adage that there was no friendship in trade neither ought there to be any hatred these maxims should not be forgotten in forming a judgment on the propositions before the committee their avowed objects were to favor the navigation and the manufactures of the united states and their probable operation on these objects ought to be considered it had been said that the american tonnage ought to bear the same proportion to the foreign tonnage employed in her trade as exists between the bulk of her exports and imports but the correctness of this principle was not admitted the fact was otherwise and it was not believed to be an evil great britain carries for other nations from necessity her situation is calculated for navigation her country is fully peopled so full that the ground is not sufficient to furnish bread for the whole instead therefore of ploughing the earth for subsistence her subjects are obliged to plough the ocean the defence of their coasts has been another cause which obliges them to abandon the more lucrative pursuits of agriculture to provide for their defence they have been compelled to sacrifice profit to safety the united states possessed a fertile extensive and unsettled country and it might well be questioned how far their real interests would be promoted by forcing a further acceleration of the growth of their marine by impelling their citizens from the cultivation of the soil to the navigation of the ocean the measures already adopted had been very operative and it was by no means certain that an additional stimulus would be advantageous the increased duty on foreign tonnage and on goods imported in foreign bottoms had already been attended with sensible effects In 1790, the American tonnage was one-half the whole tonnage employed in their trade. In 1791, it was three-fifths. In 1792, it had increased to two-thirds. This growth was believed to be sufficiently rapid. It was more rapid than the growth of British tonnage had ever been under the fostering care of their celebrated Navigation Act. Let the existing system be left to its natural operation, and it was believed that it would give to the United States that share in the carriage of their commodities which it was their interest to take but if a different opinion prevailed and it was conceived that additional encouragement ought to be given to navigation and let the duty on all foreign bottoms be increased and let the particular disabilities to which american vessels are subjected in any country be precisely retaliated the discriminations proposed instead of increasing american navigation were calculated to encourage the navigation of one foreign nation at the expense of another the united states did not yet possess shipping sufficient for the exportation of their produce the residue must reach a market in foreign bottoms or rot upon their hands they were advancing to a different state of things but in the meantime they ought to pursue their interest and employ those vessels which would best answer their purpose the attempt to make it their interest to employ the vessels of france rather than those of britain by discriminating duties which must enhance the price of freight was a premium to the vessels of the favorite nation paid by american agriculture the navigation act of great britain had been made a subject of heavy complaint but that act was not particularly directed against the united states it had been brought into operation while they were yet colonies and was not more unfavorable to them than to others to its regulations great britain was strongly attached and it was not probable that america could capella to relinquish them calculations were made on the proportion of british manufactures consumed in america from which it was inferred that her trade though important was not sufficiently important to force that nation to abandon a system which she considered as the basis of her grandeur in the contest considerable injury would be unquestionably sustained and nothing was perceived in the situation of the united states which should induce them to stand forth the champions of the whole commercial world in order to compel the change of a system in which all other nations had acquiesced but if they were to engage in such a contest it was by a similar act by opposing disabilities to disabilities that it ought to be carried on upon this point several members who were opposed to the resolutions avowed an opinion favourable to an american navigation act and expressed their willingness to concur in framing regulations which meet the prohibitions imposed on their vessels with corresponding prohibitions thus far they were ready to go but they were not ready to engage in a contest injurious to themselves for the benefit of a foreign nation another avowed object of the resolution was to favor the manufactures of the united states but certainly it was not by discriminating duties by endeavoring to shift commerce from one channel to another that american manufactures were to be promoted this was to be done by pursuing the course already adopted by laying protecting duties on selected articles in the manufacture of which america had made some progress and by a prohibitory duty on others of which a sufficient domestic supply could be afforded but the proposed measure only went to the imposition of a tax on their own citizens for the benefit of a foreign nation if the british market afforded an assortment of goods best suited to their consumption and could give them cheaper a prohibitory duty imposed upon those goods would only drive their citizens to seek them in another market less able to supply their wants and at a dearer rate there was nothing in this tending to encourage manufactures if the united states were prepared to manufacture to the whole amount of their wants the importation of all rival articles might be prohibited but this they were not prepared to do their manufactures must advance by slow degrees and they were not to enter into a measure of this kind for the purpose of retaliating on a nation which had not commercially injured them the resolutions then were adapted to the encouragement neither of the navigation nor the manufactures of the united states but of a foreign nation their effect would obviously be to force trade to change its natural course by discriminations against a nation which had in no instance discriminated against the united states but had favored them in many points of real importance by what commercial considerations could such a system be recommended that it would be attended with great immediate inconveniences must be admitted but for these ample compensation it has been said was to be found in its remote advantages these were a diminution of american commerce with one nation by its proportional augmentation with another and a repeal of the navigation act and of the colonial system of great britain on the subject of forcing trade from one nation to another which is of necessity so complicated in principle so various and invisible in consequence the legislature should never act but with the utmost caution they should constantly keep in view that trade will seek its own markets find its own level and regulate itself much better than it could be regulated by law although the government might embarrass it and injure their own citizens and even foreign nations for a while it would eventually rise above all the regulations they could make merchants if left to themselves would always find the best markets they would buy as cheap and sell as dear as possible why drive them from those markets into others which were less advantageous if trade with britain was less free or less profitable than with france the employment of coercive means to force it into french channels would be unnecessary it would voluntarily run in them that violence must be used in order to change its course demonstrated that it was in its natural course it was extraordinary to hear gentlemen complaining of british restrictions on american commerce and at the same time stating her proposition of that commerce as a national grievance and that the trade was so free as to become an injury the very circumstance that she retained so large a share of it was evidence that it did not experience in her ports unusual burdens whenever greater advantages were offered by other countries there would be no need of legislative interference to induce the merchants to embrace them that portion of trade would go to each country for which the circumstances of each were calculated if great britain purchased more american produce than she consumed it was because all circumstances considered it was the interest of america to sell her more than she consumed while this interest continued no mischief could result from the fact when the cause should cease the effect would cease also without the intervention of the legislature it was very improbable that the resolutions under consideration would affect their other avowed object a repeal of the british navigation act the season it was said was peculiarly unfavourable to such experiments the internal convulsions of france had laid her manufactures in ruins she was not in a condition to supply her own wants much less those of the united states the superb column erected at lyons could furnish no stimulus to the industry of her manufacturers but the attempt to stop the natural intercourse between the united states and great britain though incapable of producing on the latter the full effect which was desired might inflict deep and lasting wounds on the most essential interests of the former the injuries which their agriculture would sustain from the measure might be long and severely felt it had been proudly stated that while america received articles which might be dispensed with she furnished in return the absolute necessaries of life she furnished bread and raw materials for manufactures one would think said mr tracy to hear the declarations in this house that all men were fed at the opening of a hand and if we shut that hand the nations starve and if we but shake the fist after it is shut they die and yet one great objection to the conduct of britain was her prohibitory duty on the importation of breadstuff while it was under a certain price nothing could be more deceptive than the argument founded on the nature of american exports what it was asked would be done with the surplus produce of the united states was it to remain in the country and rot upon the hands of those who raised it if not if it was to be exported it would find its way to the place of demand food would search out those who needed it and the raw material would be carried to the manufacturer whose labor could give it value But there was a much more serious aspect in which the subject ought to be placed. The products of America grew in other soils than hers. The demands for them might be supplied by other countries. Indeed, in some instances, articles usually obtained from the United States would be excluded by a fair competition, with the same articles furnished by other countries. The discriminations made in their favor enabled them to obtain a preference in the British market by withholding those which were of the growth of the united states great britain would not lose the article but america would lose the market and a formidable rival would be raised up who would last much longer than the resolutions under consideration it is easy by commercial regulations to do much mischief and difficult to retrieve losses it is impossible to foresee all evils which may arise out of such measures and their effects may last after the cause is removed the opponents of the resolutions persisted to consider the credit given by british merchants as a solid advantage to any country which like the united states was defective in commercial capital but they denied that from that source any political influence had arisen if said mr tracy we may argue from a great state virginia to the union this is not true for although that state owes immense debts her representatives come forward with great spirit to bring great britain to her feet the people to the eastward do not owe the english merchants and are very generally opposed to these regulations these facts must convince us that the credit given by great britain does not operate to produce a fear and a dependence which can be alarming to government if said mr dexter i have a predilection for any country besides my own that bias is in favour of france the place of my father's sepulture no one more than myself laments the spasm of patriotism which convulses that nation and hazards the cause of freedom but i shall not suffer the torrent of love or hatred to sweep me from my post i am sent neither to plead the cause of france nor england but am delegated as a guardian of the rights and interests of america the speakers against the resolutions universally laboured to exclude from all weight in the decision on them considerations which were foreign to the interests of the united states the discussion of this subject said mr tracy has assumed an appearance which must be surprising to a stranger and painful in the extreme to ourselves the supreme legislature of the united states is seriously deliberating not upon the welfare of our own citizens but upon the relative circumstances of two european nations and this deliberation has not for its object the relative benefits of their markets to us but which form of government is best and most like our own which people feel the greatest affection for us and what measures we can adopt which will best humble one and exalt the other the primary motive of these resolutions as acknowledged by their defenders is not the increase of our agriculture manufactures or navigation but to humble great britain and build up france and although it is said our manufactures and navigation may receive some advantage it is only mentioned as a substitute in case of failure as to the great object the discussion in favour of these resolutions has breathed nothing but hostility and revenge against the english and yet they put on the mild garb of commercial regulations legislatures always cautious of attempting to force trade from its own channels and habits should certainly be peculiarly cautious when they do undertake such business to set about it with temperance and coolness but in this debate we are told of the inexecution of a former treaty withholding western posts insults and dominations of a haughty people that through the agency of great britain the savages are upon us on one side and the algerines on the other the mind is roused by a group of evils and then called upon to consider a statement of duties on goods imported from foreign countries if the subject is commercial why not treat it commercially and attend to it with coolness if it is a question of political hostility or of war a firmer tone may be adopted on this side of the question the conduct of great britain if as hostile as it was represented to be was spoken of with high indignation if said mr tracy these statements are founded in fact i cannot justify myself to my constituents or my conscience in saying that adoption of the regulation of commerce a navigation act or the whole parade of shutting ports and freeing trade from its shackles is in any degree calculated to meet or remedy the evil although i deprecate war as the worst of calamities for my country yet i would inquire seriously whether we had on our part fulfilled the treaty with great britain and would do complete justice to them first i would negotiate as long and as far as patience ought to go and if i found an obstinate denial of justice i would then lay the hand of force upon the western posts and would teach the world that the united states were no less prompt in commanding justice to be done them than they had been patient and industrious in attempting to obtain it by fair and peaceable means In this view of the subject I should be led to say, away with your milk-and-water regulations, they are too trifling to affect objects of such importance. Are the Algerines to be frightened with paper resolves, or the Indians to be subdued, or the Western post taken by commercial regulations? When we consider the subject merely as a commercial one, it goes too far and attempts too much. But when considered as a war establishment, it falls infinitely short of the mark, and does too little. This earnest and interesting debate was protracted to a great length and was conducted on both sides with great spirit and eloquence at length on the third of February. The question was taken on the first resolution, which was carried by a majority of five. The further consideration of the resolutions was then postponed until the first Monday in March End of Chapter Two, Part Two.